Hello and welcome to A Lot of Love Podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Aiden. And we're here to bring you latest reptile news and tomfoolery. Because that's what we do. Yay! So in this episode today, we are going to cover the Lacey Act once again. Um, we're going to go over some reptile news about our own little herpes. Wait, that didn't sound right at all. Stop, stop. All right. We're already... No, it's too early for this. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're 51 seconds in, and I've already made a whoopsie. <clears throat> okay, so... Yeah! We're going to talk about Carla getting popular on Facebook, and then we've got our reptile of the week that I'm pretty excited about. Um, so let's just get into it. So first off, just want to plug the Lacey Act again and um, remind everybody that this is a huge issue for reptile owners and people in the hobby. Um, it could... If these amendments to Lacey Act go through, it could really prohibit our ability to own our pets, be able to feed our pets, all that good stuff. So I would highly encourage you to contact your senators because it's already gone through the House um, to ask them to stop this. And so we can keep our interstate trade of reptiles and crickets and fish and bunnies and guinea pigs and joy and join us. Yeah, uh, you don't want to lose. Yeah, we don't want to. Uh, this is a hobby that we have, and I'm sure you, as listeners, some of you have too. And um, we don't want to lose that. So make sure you, you know, do whatever you can to protest against us. Right. So make sure that you make your voice heard. Um, also, we did um, as a, a podcast in our own little like mini reptile awareness group. Um, we did join U.S. ARC, so we are now proud members of U.S. ARC, and that is probably the best group to get behind to try and stop this as well. So you can just donate to U.S. ARC. You can become a member. There's like three different tiers. There's bronze, silver, gold. Um, now we, pr we have the U.S. ARC banner on our Facebook page and we're really proud of that and we're really proud to be a part of such a great organization that is really helping to preserve our ability to continue with our hobby and keep our pets. Yeah, because um, that's definitely important. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Moving on, we are going to talk about our own experiences. Since we've been gone a few weeks, things have gotten a little crazy between Aiden, he's in the musical, so his play schedule and my work schedule and everything. So we, we've been off for about two weeks. So let's hear on the axolotl front how things are going with Mr. Bubbles. Mr. Bubbles is doing fan-freaking-tastic. He is eating. He's starting to tong feed for me now, nice. which I am very happy about. I'm so excited about that for you. Because um, I was really looking forward to doing that, and he's finally doing it. He still likes to stay hidden. Um, under his under his rocks, and I think we're gonna do something to make sure that he's not as um hidden because we want to make sure he's growing and that he's eating. Um, but I mean overall he's doing well. We're gonna do a water change tonight, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much the update on Mr. Bubbles. Now I will tell you that we may or may not have gotten a new reptile. It's a what kind of what kind of gecko was it? It was like sunshine something. 
It's a Sun Glow Albino Tremper and it's Het 4 Eclipse. So if we ever decide to breed our little dude, he could, if he has a female that's Het 4 Eclipse, we could have Eclipse babies, which is cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, Total Eclipse of the uh, gecko. <laughs> Turn around every now and then. I, I don't I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. The number, the number comes to a crashing halt. Right. Okay, we just lost eight viewers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, yeah, his name, um, Jason, my husband named him. His name is Jason? Like, the way... The way you were making that sound made it sound like the gecko's name was Jason. No, Jason named him. My husband Jason named him. Oh. Do you want to tell him what their name is? Larry Johnson. Yes, Larry Johnson, the gecko. So he's living his best gecko well, life. Why, mother? Why should? Why did? Why did we do that? Well, honestly, I just thought it was a funny name that he picked out because he's wanting to name everything like Bruce and Carl. But apparently it's like the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. And if anybody has ever met my husband, we all know how obsessed he is with Ohio State. So therefore, we have Larry Johnson, the gecko. And uh, yeah, that's that story. And uh, he has this little cage and it's absolutely adorable because he has this like dinosaur, like plastic dinosaur skull thing that he like... Likes to lay in, and he's very active. I see him walking around in there all the time, and uh, he's just—he's a pretty—he's pretty funny. He's eating good. Yeah. So yeah, he's eating really good. Um, oh, once he got shipped, he drank for like an hour. I posted the video on Facebook of him drinking because he just looks so darn cute. Um, just, it was just one big time lapse of a drinking gecko. For an hour. The geck. The geck. Yeah, when he first got him, I had to go to work, and I text Aiden, and I'm like, hey, go check the geck. Like, did you do that intentionally? <laughs> yes. Okay, I was just, I didn't know if he did or not. Check the geck. So then moving on, Carla decided that she really, really likes Mr. Bubbles, the axolotl. And I took a picture of her enjoying time with her axolotl friend. And it got over 2,000 likes on Facebook. I ship it. Them two together in a reptilian aquatic relationship. But they can't ever be together. They're like the little mermaid and the prince. I still ship it. Ship it. Do you not know what that means? No. You need to catch up on internet terminology. <laughs> what ship it mean? It means like you could see them being together. Oh, that makes no sense. Neither do you. Facts. Okay. So, and it... <clears throat> So, yeah, so Carla definitely enjoys watching Mr. Bubbles in his habitat. She is, like, the most photogenic gecko, and she definitely now has a, a tiny internet following for Carla the gecko. I'm proud of my geck. The geck. Actually, yeah, like, the other day, like, Carla was, like, very much in a grumpish mood. Very grumpy. And I picked her up, and I, like, put her by the axolotl tank, and she calmed down immediately. That is so cute. Yeah, I thought it was funny. And Pringle is growing. He's eating, like, I don't even know, like, 20 mealworms a day. Like he. If we tried, if we tried to feed Pringle a Pringle, wouldn't that be cannibalism? Maybe. I think it would be. 
You just blew my mind. I know. <clears throat> so yeah, um, Pringle is growing, doing great, shedding on schedule. He's just living his best Pringle life. Carla is doing great. Everybody's doing great. Everybody's fantastic. How about the how about the listener? Are the listeners doing great? What do you think? I think they're doing amazing. If they're still listening to us, they are amazing people because yes. they're putting up with us. Um, I'm trying to think. I oh, Peaches. Peaches is doing awesome as well. Peaches is Peaches doing peachy? She is just peachy. Um, she is eating fine. She's still at one um, pinky mouse a week, but I think next week I might start moving her up to either two, but I don't think she's quite ready for fuzzies yet, but she hasn't shed again, and she's just in there burrowing and living her best corn snake life. I never see her either. Like, you never see Mr. Bubbles, and I never see Peaches, because they're both under rocks, or uh, under whatever they're... Yeah, Peaches definitely likes to burrow. You'll see snake holes all through her tank, but she's never on the surface anymore, because she just has so much fun going through her shavings and having living her best snake life. I mean, honestly, if you were a corn snake, what would you do? I would probably play in the in the shavings because that sounds like fun. Yeah, it does. So when we were setting up our tank for Larry Johnson, our sun glow gecko, I was doing a lot of research because back a long time ago, Aiden and I had a leopard gecko named Tony. Tony! R.I.P. He lives for an absolute age. Yeah, he was like at least 12 when he passed away. We're not really sure how old he was when we got him, but at least 12. Eat tail off another kick yeah he did that sounds appetizing he was savage yuck yuck so when we had him you know i worked at a pet store but our education was not as good especially as it is now and i had a 10 gallon aquarium for him it he had um the walnut bedding um, no special lighting, no heat. Um, he got crickets once a week and sometimes once every two weeks because sometimes I wasn't super consistent. I was not the reptile owner I am now. How we learn from our mistakes. But he still, he lived. He was a trooper. And now I'm like doing all this research and setting up the tank for Larry Johnson and like walnut bedding is a no-no anymore so um i went with the same contact paper that i used for pringles tank and i love using the contact paper because a it makes cleaning up waste so much easier like literally when they go to the bathroom all you do like honestly what i do is i take a little piece of toilet paper i pick it up make sure it's clean there and i flush it like that's what i do and it's super easy we are literally just all of our pets plumbing systems so yeah then um so i can do the same thing with the gecko which is nice so it's super easy to keep the tank clean um, I did put some um, like bark and rocks and some moss in there because plants rocks. So um, <clears throat> rocks rock more than plants. They do. I see. I can prove this. Well, anyway, so that way when he sheds, it'll be easier for him to lose his shed, and he has things to rub on stop and then um he also has some moss in there that is wet to help with shedding as well 
Um, so there are, even though the base is that contact paper, he does have some different things to, for enrichment and climbing and whatnot. But this will ensure that he doesn't get any impaction when he eats. Um, he is very good already at tong feeding. So that made me happy. And he, out there. and he just eats all the time. But I wanted to cover that bedding because a lot of people use sand, um, and think sand's okay for leopard geckos. And the more and more research I did, absolutely not. You do not want to do that for them because it just causes so many issues. So avoid sand. And they do have the reptile carpet, but I also read there where their nails can get stuck in it and their feet get stuck. And I'm like, well, that's not fun. I want that. And the contact paper is so easy. I highly recommend. So don't take your reptile to the beach. Yeah, I could eat the sand and then get impacted and then have to have surgery and maybe not make it through the surgery. And you don't want that for your reptile. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. Do we know what's next? Um, <laughs> World War Three. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh. You looking at whatever notification just popped up? No, I was looking for my notes on our reptile of the week. Wow, just wow. Can hold it for longer. Let's let's not. So the reptile of the week is uh, the hognose snake. So we got some information for you guys on our fancy, little fancy fancy research. So the hognose snake is um, a term that is used for many snake species that have a distinctly shaped upturned snout. So which one are we talking about then if there's so many different ones? All of the above. Oh. They're found in North America, South America, and Madagascar. Isn't that the movie? I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Excuse me while I go re regret my life decisions. Move it! Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so they, um, they're they small, so you don't have to have a very big tank for them, and they're great if you don't have a lot of room to keep a snake, but you want a snake. They have thick bodies and round eyes, and they are so stinking cute. <laughs> thick bodies and round eyes. Isn't that what we all want? I mean... I'm unfiltered and plump, so. That's fair. <laughs> so these guys um, typically are less than two feet long. So they're pretty small snake. And like I said, they fit into small spaces, which is nice if you want a snake, but you don't have room for a big 40-gallon tank. Yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. Do they get claustrophobic? I don't know. You'll have to ask them. Well, I am not Harry Potter. I cannot speak parcel tongue. Okay, so they can reach up to four feet, and the life expectancy is about 10 years, but they have had them live up to 20 years in captivity. Ooh, that's, you know. That's a commitment. That's a commitment. So they're diurnal animals, which is cool because they're active during the day, which is nice if you like to handle your snake a lot because they're going to be more active and you're not going to be waking them up out of their natural sleep cycle. And... um. 
But they do tend to play dead around predators. So if it's not used to you and you think your snake's dead, don't bury it too quickly. <laughs> yeah. That would be most bad. Probably just thinks you want to eat it. They tend to flatten their necks, raise their heads, and they occasionally strike but rarely bite. If they're handled regularly at a young age, they are usually perfectly fine around people and being handled. Like me. Yes. You are not fine to be handled. You're grumpy. So they do secrete venom in their saliva. They are a rear-fanged venomous snake, which means it's very hard for them to um, bite a human and actually inject venom. Inconveniences are indeed inconvenient. Okay, so that has to do with rear-fanged venomous. Why? Because they can't bite people. I mean, you don't want them to bite people. You want them it's to bite prey. It's inconvenient for them, though. I mean, I guess. They eat the crap out of you. And then, and, the, and then they can't because they can't inject the venom. Oh, my God. It's sad. Well, since they are very rarely have any issues with their venom, they're not really considered a poisonous snake, um, like the rattlesnakes or cobras or things like that, but they are can, they are a rear fang venomous snake. So don't take your chances. I mean, it's not going to hurt you, and they rarely bite, so you're, good. you're fine. Um, so normally a 20-gallon tank, I recommend a 20-gallon long, is a great size for one snake. About a 20 gallon tall. It doesn't give them as much room to move around. Um, it doesn't say you can't use it, but if you're getting a 20 gallon, I would recommend a 20 gallon long just to give them more room to, to slither and live their best life. All right, that's cool. Make sure you have a secure lid and a water dish. They need a temperature gradient with a basking area around 85 to 90 degrees, and then the cool slide to be no lower than 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, can you convert that to Celsius for all of our people in the UK? No, you just need to do it yourself because we are on the USA non-metric system because we're awesome. No, we're just freaking weird. We're awesome. Weird. So, um, they do need a full spectrum UVB light on a 12-hour cycle. Um, because they do... What does UVB stand for? I forgot. Ultraviolet beta. Thank you. No, I was like ultraviolet bulb. B. <laughs> um, it's beta rays. Banana. Oh my god. I don't <laughs> know why it took me so long to think of something that started with a B. I just picture like this glowing banana floating <laughs> around over your snake's tank. <laughs> sounds horrifying. I need an ultraviolet banana. Yeah, that sounds... That I'm sure... How much potassium do you think that would have? I have no idea. Do you think the peels would just... Do you, what do you... Like, is the light coming from the peel or the banana itself? You're the banana king. Nope. And we're done here. <laughs> and we're done here. The humidity should be kept between 40 and 70%, so they do, like, a more humid environment. Is that, like... So, is that the stuff that makes me miserable? Is that, like gonna make it's like the wetness in the air yeah i know what humidity is is that amount going to make me miserable like if i just outside if it was hot yeah okay that would be gross and they like higher humidity when they're about to shed obvious so they can get their skin off because nobody wants to be stuck in a dead skin of themselves don't we all want a higher humidity when we have to shed 
Have you seen the meme with the little leopard gecko that's coming out of his shed and it looks like he's wearing a leopard gecko onesie? No. I'll have to show it to you. It's amazing. All right. Um, so since they have the unique noses that they're like little shovels, they like to burrow. So, so that would make them really good at it, right? Because they have the shovel face. Yes. That sounds awesome. Like, <laughs> excuse me, you have a shovel face. Very descriptive. <laughs> what kind of shovel? A snow shovel? A coal shovel. Oh. Ooh. A sand shovel. The one that you find at the dollar store with the little pails that break after like two kicks. Well, actually, it says the ideal bedding is a few inches of sand mixed with reptile safe soil. So, yes, a sand shovel. But I thought we said that sand was just not okay. Oh, was that just for leopards? Yeah. And the light bulb comes on. Or the ultraviolet banana. Yeah, the banana. On. So hognose snakes can be difficult to feed in captivity, and they may initially refuse food. The ultraviolet bomb. So then you... I'm just moving on. <laughs> in addition to staying consistent with what you feed them, make sure that your enclosure temperatures are correct. They need the warmth to remain active and properly digest. Didn't you get that thermostat for uh, Pringle? I have a thermostat on all the tanks. No, but like you got like a digital one for like the heating. Pad. Oh, for the heating pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they need a heating pad? I mean, if you don't have your basking side, I mean, if you need one to help keep it hot enough on your two sides, your 70 degrees and your 85 degrees, you could always use one to help elevate the temperature of your tank. There's a heating pad underneath um, Larry Johnson, too. Oh, is there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't notice. So, orig- when hognoses are babies, they'll start out eating gut-loaded crickets. Gut-loaded? Uh, yeah, that they means... Load them with more guts? No, they add more nutrition to them. Like, you feed them a nutrient food, mm, and then you nutrients. dust them with calcium powder. As they mature, they graduate to pinkies and fuzzies. Some get large enough to eat adult mice. Some never graduate from fuzzies. Oh, don't I love me some nutrients. Fuzzies. Fuzzy nutrients. They do fine feeding one prey item a week. And then if they start to shed, reduce the feeding while they're shedding because they do have a tendency to regurgitate during shedding. Wait, what? If you feed them during shedding, they can regurgitate their mouths during shedding. So not only are you getting rid of your old, <laughs> so not only are you bringing up your skin, you're bringing up your meal. Yes. That, I really don't want to walk in and see regurgitated mouths. And skin. Everywhere. All over. <laughs> Ailments that can affect these guys are... Um, respiratory infections, um, stomach, t- stomatitis, <laughs> mouth rot, saliva bubbles, and inflammation can What's cause. Saliva bubble? That sounds. Not can fun. be an indication of mouth rot. Saliva bubbles is like when you blow bubbles with your spit. Do they like to do that? No, that means they have mouth rot. Oh. And they're prone to fungal infections. Just like axolotls, as we have learned. Yes. Repeatedly. So, yeah, that is most of what I have on the hognose snake. Um, 
So most of the time you can find these little guys at reptile shows. Um, you can also get them on the internet from breeders and have them shipped. But if the Lacey Act passes... Can't do that. Yes, I'm tired. <laughs> so just make sure that you guys are getting on that. Um, other than that, did you have anything you wanted to add today, Mr. Aiden? Um, I'm trying to think. No, I, I don't think so. I just, you know. Oh, as always, uh, I usually I want to start ending my the reptile of the week segment with this, whether I'm talking about the reptile or not. Uh, whenever you decide to buy a new reptile. Make sure that it is, you know, in his tank. Make sure you are responsible when you're holding it. Don't let it just crawl around on the floor all the time. And try not, and do not let it interact with, you know, your cats, your dogs. Other reptiles. Other reptiles, because that could end badly. And, um, yeah, and just try not to drop them, because you could break their little, little body parts, and that would be not okay. And they so, lose their tails sometimes. So just, so just be be careful and, you know, make sure you know what you're doing when you get into this stuff. And make sure you're ready for the commitment. A lot of the guy, a lot of these guys will live longer than like a dog or a cat. So make sure you're ready for that kind of commitment and you want to take care of them for years to come before you go purchasing all willy-nilly at the Petco. And if you don't commit to that, we will find you. No, we probably won't. Probably not, but we can pretend that we will. Okay. All right, guys. So thank you for joining us again. And sorry about the delay. We will try not to have these breaks anymore. Our 20-something minutes of time together has almost ended. Yes, that has almost ended. So, I, again, I thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you all later. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Farewell.